Hello, and welcome to Logos in Life Community Church, where the revelation of God's Word meets life application, where you have the freedom to worship and serve. If you ever find yourself in Shreveport, Louisiana, we would love for you to join us. But for now, join us for a message that is already in progress. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much in the name of Jesus for providing your presence as a barrier that will stop us from going back. So God, right now, with every eye closed, every mind open, every heart ready, every hand empty, every foot steady, God, I say thank you in the name of Jesus. Allow the words that I speak today be your words. Use me as an instrument, a trumpet, a horn to declare the word of truth. Oh, God, let me boldly and confidently speak your truth. So, Father, we love you today. Let your minds be clear today so we can receive whatever it is God has for us today. I pray that we no longer receive it as information, but we challenge to use it as application. And then God will bring illumination as well as revelation. And God, we say thank you today. Father God, I pray over me that my mind stay focused on you, that my heart stay open, and my ears stay ready to hear. God, right now, let your word, your word, your word go forward and do what you call it to do. All these things we ask in your darling son's name, Jesus Christ, we pray, we say amen, amen, amen. Amen. and amen again. I would like to turn your attention to the Gospel of John, chapter 5. I'll be reading from the ESV. I ask you please stand as we honor God's word. If you can't stand, I get it. But if you can, I pray that you will. We start in verse 1. If you don't have it on your, in your hand or in your Bibles, please follow us on our monitors. Starting with verse 1, and it reads, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which have five roofed colonnades. In these lay the multitude of invalids, the the blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been there a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be healed? Okay, can we go back? Jesus, when he saw him lying, already knew that he had been there a long time. And he asked him this question, do you want to be healed? Verse 7, and the sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps in, step down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed. And walk. At once the man was healed. And he took up his bed and walked. And now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who was the man that said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who he was. 
For Jesus had withdrawn, and there was a crowd in the place. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. Amen. For the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord shall remain always. Today, I would like to speak to you under the mindset of he's just that type of Jesus. This passage shows us how Jesus responds to his people, whether his people respond to him or not. Um, This is truly a story of grace. You know, grace is the love shown by Jesus that's designed to draw us closer to God through the grace work of Jesus. Amen. So grace is the love that Jesus is Jesus to draw us closer to. To God and and closer to God, he does that through what Jesus has done. Grace is a gift from God. Grace cannot be deserved, it cannot be paid for, nor can it be earned. We're talking about grace. And I know a lot of you came in here today wanting to hear the fairy tale story. You know the story that has a happy ending where someone that does not know Jesus come to encounter Jesus. Jesus does a miracle and bless them. Then they believe in Jesus and Jesus is happy because they're saved. They're even happy that they're saved and they go and shout and tell everybody, look at me, look at what Jesus did. They are a walking testimony. Well, that's not that story today. When we talk about grace, the easiest way to allow grace to shine is that we must first see the true condition of man. And if we can be honest with you, you know, totally honest, don't say it out loud, but if we can be totally honest with ourselves and in our true condition of how we were when Jesus found us, grace should mean a lot to us. Uh, I didn't say grace should mean a lot to you. Grace should mean a lot to me. And the reason why I know grace should mean a lot to me or grace does mean a lot me is because I know the true condition that I was in and that I am in and that God continues to love me even though I deserve it I can't repay it and I didn't earn it you know mercy is when you don't get what you do deserve and grace is when you do get oh I was but he's just that type of Jesus when you leave here today Say, man, what did you learn? Say, oh, let me just tell you the type of Jesus that my Jesus is. Amen? If Tremarchus was here, he would say that part. Yeah. Let's look at the background. Verses 1 through 3 basically looks like this. It says, Jesus shows up in Jerusalem. He shows up in Jerusalem to a pool party thrown by some unbelievers. Okay. Now, the pool party was packed because it was during a time of a festival, so it says the multitude was there. Jesus shows up at a pool party given by some invalids. Now, can I show you who attended the party? Now, Jesus wasn't invited. He crashed the party. This was a party thrown by unbelievers, given by unbelievers, and attended by unbelievers. Let's, let's first look at the, the blind. That means they had no vision. And when you are an unbeliever, the sin in your life distorts the vision between you and God. The 
sin in your life as an unbeliever will blur the lines between you and God. And then God's word will no longer be a lamp until thy feet and a light until thy path. So you as an unbeliever, I want to let you know you're blind. Oh, who else was at the party? Pastor, oh, let me tell you who else he saw. He saw the lame. You know, the blind are those that has no vision. The lame are those who have no feeling. These are those that have been hurt so much that their scars have calloused and keloid to where if you touch them, they'll, they'll no longer feel it. See, some of you today came in here today, but not until you first took your shot of Novocaine because you did not want what was happening in here today to address your feelings. So you numbed your feelings and you came and you came in here numb with the impression that I can't be hurt. The blind are those that have no vision. The lame are those who have no feeling. The paralyzed are those that have no movement. When you are in your sin, you think you are moving, but you are really in the same place digging a deeper hole. Yeah. The paralyzed are people who have no movement. You know, God can't send you nowhere because of the sin that's in you. Okay. See, you'll either be a part of a missionary church that's going somewhere or a stationary church that can't move because they are anchored by their sin. So these are some of the attendees at the party, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And now I can just see Jesus just, I just want to tell y'all a story. I can see Jesus standing there at the pool party that he wasn't invited to. Looking around at all the foolishness that people would believe instead of believing him. Oh, how about, oh, you're going to like this, Daphne. Can I let you know that the pool was located 100 feet from the temple? So you right outside the temple, but you still believing foolishness. Oh, okay. See, don't be so hard on those people. Now, I know I call them unbelievers. Now, they're not unbelievers because of their inability to believe. They are unbelievers because they believe everything except Jesus. Oh, don't be so hard on them. You just like, you know, some of you checked your horoscope before you came to see what type of day you have. Some of you shook up the bones and threw them down and read the tarot cards. Some of you looked at the asteroid, the asteroids, the meteors to see if the moon was in retrograde. Okay, see, y'all don't do that type of stuff. Let me help you. Some of you believe that if my right hand itch or my left eye twitch, uh, hello, somebody. Some of you believe if you step on a crack, you're going, some of you believe that I can't split this part. Look at the foolishness we're willing to believe before we believe God. I know people right now that will hurt you if you split a pole. But they will let you cheat on your wife. But let me just show you what type of Jesus that we have. That was verse 1 through 3. One man who was lying there had been invalid for 38 years. Now, one thing I want to show you, it just simply reminds me, it takes me back to Deuteronomy, where it says this here for 38 years, his condition was there for 38 years based on his unbelief. When we go back into Deuteronomy, it says they had been in the desert for 38 years because of their unbelief. And I, I'm just trying to show you the condition of this man. I, I talked about everybody, but let's look at this one man. Next verse. Verse 6 says, when Jesus saw him, here go your first point. 
The type of Jesus Jesus is is that he knows what you're going through. This is just the type of Jesus he is, right? He is the type of Jesus that knows what we're going through. Pastor, prove it to me. Let's look at verse 6. Verse 6 says Jesus saw him. I want to stop for a moment to let you know Jesus sees you. See, some of you think you're not seen because you've been going through what you've been going through for so long. Some of you have been conditioned by your condition, so you just think that you have no hope, you have no reason, you can't move forward, but I came here today to let you know what type of Jesus that my Jesus is, and my Jesus is the type of Jesus that knows what you're going through. Pastor, how do you know? Because he said he saw the man lying there. Please understand. Oh, can I show you something else about my Jesus? Stay, stay on that text. Not only does he know what you're going through, but our Jesus is such a Jesus like that that he can pick you out the crowd. Yeah. Oh, because it said it was a multitude and he picked that man or this man. And, and I want to let you know, don't think you're all holy because Jesus picked you. Don't think this man was even any better than the ones that he didn't pick. No, it was just the one that God showed the opportunity to put grace on. He's that type of Jesus that lets you know that I know what you're going through. Not only do I know what you're going through, just, he's just that type of Jesus. He not only knows what you're going through, watch this, he knows how long it's been. I'm just reading the text. And he knew that he had already been there a long time. How many of you have been going through something for a very long time, been praying and nothing is changing and you are under the impression, maybe I'm praying, but God ain't listening. God has abandoned me right where I am because I know my sinful nature. I deserve to be abandoned. But, 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 but God, do you hear me? God, do you see? Do you know where I am? This text right here will let you know the type of grace filled actions that Jesus will do, even though his people are in sin. Now, this question, we're going we're gonna to spend a second on the question. Is that okay? okay? I got a question, the same question Jesus had. Do you want to be healed? It is as though his healing has to be attached to his desire. So your deliverance is attached to your desire. Now, Pastor, what kind of question is this to a man that has been going through this for 38 years? Well, let me you right here as you think the super fast answer should be absolutely yes absolutely what we waiting on <laughs> what you wait i've been 38 years i need no more say. notice but jesus asked this question i'm gonna tell you why because not everybody sick wants to be healed see because some that's healed they like the attention they get and the assistance they get and as long as i get the assistance and the attention i never have to do for myself but if you heal me and then Jesus showed me when he asked this question, do you want to be healed? Watch this. Jesus is looking at the man and say, okay, do you want me to handle your situation? <laughs> Help me somebody. Watch. Because many of us will go and pray to say, Jesus, get me out of the situation that I'm in. But you never pray that Jesus handled the sin that put you in the situation. Oh, okay. Jesus... Get me out of jail, but I don't want to stop drinking. Jesus, I done lost my, give me my family back, but I ain't going to stop cheating. Jesus, no matter what it is, we go to Jesus to ask him to handle the situation. We want him to terminate the situation, but not touch our sin. 
Jesus is saying, I know where you are. I know and I know what you did in order to get there. Every alcoholic don't want to stop drinking. Every cheater don't want to stop cheating. Every liar don't want to stop lying. All those that, okay, well, Lord, I'm in this financial bind. Now, I ain't going to start giving. I just need you to bless me so I can get out of this. Jesus is asking him, you want me to heal you where you are so you can do something and end up returning where you are? So you want me to handle your sin issue or your situation? Yeah, just like Deke just says, if I heal you, will you go back? And when I also look at that question, it looks like Jesus is asking him, did the time of the affliction affect the hope that you had? And maybe if I was Jesus, I would probably ask this man, I know your legs don't work, but did your faith stop working too? Do you want to be healed? How many of you? And don't, don't be so hard on this man because we the same way. We want God to say, oh, God, I don't want to lose my family. But we don't ask God to change our heart and our desires from doing what put us in a position to lose the family. Oh, God, I don't want to lose the job. But you don't want God to change your heart so you can start being on time. Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed as a way of asking him, or do you have a desire to rise above your dysfunction? Or have you been comfortable in your dysfunction? See, some of us have been in our dysfunction so long, we know exactly how to maneuver through it. To the point to where it's, I'll put it to you like this, some of us so used to noise that we don't know how to operate in, in silence. And this man right here has been lying here, crying here, been trying to do all this foolishness. And then Jesus asked him a question. Do you want to be healed? I got a question for you in here today. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be out of your situation? Or do you want an answer for your sin? Do you want a temporary, okay, do you want a temporary fix? A temporary fix that's not going to change your behavior. See, that's what we say. We want change that don't require change. I think it was an old man that says that nothing changes if nothing changes. So we want everything to change without anything change. That's the type of society that we're in right now. Oh, we need guns to change, but we're not changing it. Oh, the children doing this, but the parents ain't changing it. And I'm like, okay. I don't understand how a 13-year-old gets shot in the street at 2 o'clock in the morning. Where are your parents at? It's not until we want God to change our behavior, change our heart, we got to have a desire to be better for God. No, stop the violence, God. Okay, if I'm going to stop the violence, change your way. Notice he said, if my people. Okay, you want me to respond to the heaven. You want me to respond to your prayer. You want me to heal this land. Change. Change me, oh God. Make me more like, okay. Verse 7. Now, Jesus just asked the man, do you want to be healed? And the sick man answered him. Ain't nobody put me in the pool. Now, first of all, this is foolishness, y'all. 
This is foolishness for folk to believe that God is having a healing contest. That God sent an angel to bump the water, make the water move, and the first one it went. That don't even sound like God. This is a bunch of foolishness. But look at what sin will do. Sin has enough power over you to make you under, to make you believe the power, mean that the problem is not you. I would be, but I ain't got nobody. So, it, so it's everybody else's fault that you're in the situation that you're in. It's everybody else's fault. Okay, Pastor, give me the scripture. Was it not when God was talking to Adam and he called Adam and asked Adam, in. Adam took no responsibility. He said, it was that woman you sent me. He never answered the question. This man here never answers the question. What he does is he begin the blame game because he's been in the lame game for so long. How your situation is everybody's fault but your. See, that's one of the manipulations and a deception of sin to make you look everywhere else for where instead of where the problem actually resides. It's his fault. It's their fault. It's the white man. It's the law. It's to that. It's to this. And it allow you to look and blame everything else but yourself. Number one, he's just that type of Jesus because he knows what you're going through. He's just that type of Jesus because he will require obedience. There is no walking with Christ without obedience. Let me let me help you there. There is no walking with Christ without obedience. Amen. Let's look at verse 8. And Jesus said to him, get up, take up your mat, and walk. Here we go. Get up. What is Jesus saying? Do something you haven't done in a while. Do something you've never done before. Actually, can you believe past your current situation? Now, I know you've been here a while, but can you believe? I know you got the power to believe. You don't have an inability about believing, but I'm trying to see if you can believe past your current situation. I know you don't think you're going to get out. I know you've been here a very long time. I know you think it's everybody else's fault, but are you willing to believe past your current situation? If you are, get up. Now, if I look and you're still down, that's you telling me that you don't want to believe. Oh, hello, somebody. That you have no hope that things will get better. That you have no hope that Jesus can do it. Oh, okay. And Jesus said, okay, can I, can I go back real quick? I forgot something. Jesus is just this type of Jesus that he wouldn't use what the, what the people counted on. Because if he would have told him, well, I tell you what. Just go ahead and get in the water and you're going to be healed. Then the water would have got the glory. And the water would have got the credit. What did Jesus use to heal him? And Jesus said. Ah, he's sure that it is his word that we should believe in. It is his word that will bring change. It is the logos that shows up in our lives that should entice us and encourage us to change. He said, get up. He didn't use what you believed in. We talked about that last week, how God will reduce what you count on. So why he didn't use the water? Can I ask you this question? I know you're wondering, well, why he didn't save everybody? Well, I got a better question. I see your question, and I raise your question. Why were they all at the pool? Oh, don't, don't, don't try to catch this on Jesus like it's his fault they didn't get saved. Why are they at the pool? 
Why not in the front of the Okay. He says, get up. What get up? Do something you've never done. Believe past your situation. Watch this. Pick up your mat. Okay. He stop yielding dominion over things you got dominion over. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Pastor, what are you saying? Wherewithal and thought process to not sin. So how do you allow sin to have dominion over your life when you got dominion over it? Oh, okay. How do you allow money to control you when you got power over money? How do, oh, okay. How do we allow what God has given us authority to become over us? Now, money is a horrible master, wonderful tool, bad master. But you should not be, at what point did you set down your dominion and transfer it to money and say, money, when you move, I move? <laughs> We've been laying down on things that we're supposed to be carrying. But he's just that type of Jesus that he will give you a word and say, you know what? Get up. What? Believe past your current situation. Number two, take up your bed. What? Reclaim your dominion. All right. The Bible says, for God did not give us the spirit of fear. What? What you afraid? Why? Why? Tell me. And folk got the nerve to say, if you're scared, go to church. Ain't nobody scared in the church. Take your dominion back. Oh, you be frightened off about COVID. Well, let me tell you, but you can't be a foolish, you can't be a fool about it either. Amen. If God tell you to go across the street, he ain't tell you to run in front of no car. That's right. So take up dominion over what does not have dominion. Oh, can we go back to the Bible? Did it not say that when God made Adam, he made man dominion over? Come on, somebody. The land would come from the land, the cattle, the silver, the gold. All that stuff was not supposed to control us. And he say, walk. <laughs> Be a testimony. Watch this. This is how beautiful Jesus is. This is how awesome grace is. How you get somebody that don't believe and use them to be a billboard for grace. Isn't that something? How God will first respond to folk that don't even believe and use those people as billboards to prove that he is God. Oh, isn't that horrible of that man not to believe and God have to do that? Oh, don't get it twisted. Roman said that was you for what he still in sin when he died we were still enemies of God so what happened is he asked us to walk before we even walked right I said it requires obedience next verse what kind of obedience at once see see some stuff don't need to be prayed about oh, okay no, no I'm not telling you not to Saying if Jesus said it, you mean you're going to get it and ask Jesus, did he say what he said? 
But if he said it, then what prayer does it take to do it? It don't take prayer. It takes obedience. We are going to God inquiring for, of things we do not know, things he have not given us access to. He's given us what to do. He says, if you want to be healed, get up, take up your mat and walk. So what do I need to pray? Okay, Father. And didn't go home and talk this over with his kids. This man didn't say, well, let me go see what pastor say about it. This man didn't gather his gaggle of friends and say, what y'all think about this? No. The man took Jesus at his word immediately. And what did he do? Oh. Boy, come on now. Come on. He took up his bed. Oh, he didn't believe. Not yet. And he ain't gonna. But he took up his bed and he walked. Right? So this is where we are in the text. It really shows in verse 19 what kind of Jesus Jesus really is. Verse 10. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, wait a minute. See, I ain't write this down, but this is good for y'all. Thank you, Holy Spirit. High five. Why? You cannot have an encounter with Jesus and still be the same. That's right. Everything in your power right. not to change. That's right. Pastor, what do you mean? In the first eight verses, his name was the sick man. Then we get to verse nine. He's the man who had been. In verse 10. That you cannot encounter Jesus and have the same identity. Because anybody that encounters Jesus, something going to change. That's why there's power in his name. You can't control what's going to happen when his name is spoken. It says every knee. Okay. <laughs> Say it was the Sabbath and it is not lawful to take up your bed. Verse 11. Watch this. This really finna show you what kind of Jesus Jesus is. Watch this. They asked him, who told him, who told you to pick up your bed? But he answered them, oh, the man who healed me. So you mean Jesus blessed somebody that didn't even believe? Oh, and he's still doing it today. If my grandfather was here, he'll say, son, he makes it rain on the just and the unjust, hoping that the unjust will see how just I am. Grace showed up even when man didn't show up. If it wasn't for grace, we had no access to God. That's why some of you quiet now, because you were that man. You are that man that God keeps getting out of situation and situation and situation. And then when somebody asks you who did, you don't know. He's just that type of Jesus that he knows what we go through. He's that type of Jesus that will require immediate. 
And he's also that type of Jesus that he will give us every chance to know him. Uh-oh. Pastor, what do you mean he's going to give us every chance to know him? Because when you go see him, Jesus is going to remove every excuse you may have for not coming to him. Uh-huh. Even to the point that he'll come to you. Okay, so y'all, y'all, y'all missed that. What I said is from verse two and three, it shows Jesus went to the man. When you read verse one, it opens up after this. Let me tell you what happened before that. What happened before that, an official's child was sick. Came looking for Jesus. He begged Jesus. He begged, he fell at Jesus' feet. He knew that if anybody was going to do it, it had to be Jesus. And then after it happened, everybody believed. Then after this, Jesus shows up in a place where a man ain't looking for him. A man ain't asking for him. A man ain't thinking that it can be him. And Jesus shows up. And watch what happens. Jesus finds him at the pool. And then when you keep reading again, Jesus finds him at the temple. See, Jesus is going to give us every chance to know him. Now, because when you see him later and you say, I want to take one of these chances, he's going to say, oh, 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 but no. All your chances expired. When did my chance expire? When you stop breathing. When the synapses, the thoughts stop snapping across your brains like electricity. When your, t- when your tongue cleaves to the root of your mouth and roll back in the back of your head. There are no more chances, especially not watch this. See, some of you may say, but Jesus, I was looking for you and I didn't find you. He was like, that ain't true. He says, I made myself so available. I found you. There was evidence of who I am all over the place. And I sent little fat black folks like your preacher to tell you about me. And yes, you came to church, but you wanted me to handle your situations and not your sin. See, me handling your situations don't get you close to me. Me handling your sin gets you close to me. See, as a church, we got to stop praying first for stuff and start praying that God handle our sin issue. We sit here and sing hallelujah and give, tithe, and all this, and then just go right back to sinning. Because we know God God is a forgiving God. And if you live like that, that's because you ain't read the Bible. Because he said, if you just keep on sinning, I'll send strong delusions and make you believe that the way you live in is true when it's really a lie. God got so much for us. But I believe we need to handle our sin. We need to give him our sin issue so he'll have something that'll build, that he can build on that won't fall apart. God came looking for this dude twice. He first found him by the pool. Then he found him at church. Now, I know y'all thinking, oh, goodness. He's been converted. He, he went to church, Daphne. He got to believe. I know this 
where it will sound real good and it'll give you all encouragement that, hey, he didn't know Jesus. Jesus introduced himself. Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? And then he says, yes, heal me. And then Jesus heals him and baptizes him and he comes to Jesus and Jesus says, go off and show people what I've done. And then they're all in church singing hallelujah, waving their hands. All the, No. And that's because many of us are this man. That we met Jesus out there and then we come in here out of guilt. Him to continue to handle our situation. We believe from situation to situation. Oh, my bills be paid. Let me go to church. Oh, I'm about to get a promotion. I need this job. Let me get to church. But when have anyone truly came and said, I got sin, I need to go to church. I need forgiveness because my mind, and, and even in Mark and Matthew, the man says, Jesus, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Help me when I put things above you. Help me when I respond like I don't know you. Help me. See, it's not until we start coming to church carrying the burden of sin for God to answer and not situation for him to get us out of that God would really start moving in your life. He can't move if you're still moving in sin. You got to give it to him. It don't make you perfect, but it makes you work towards him. Okay. God will give you every chance to know him and God will provide a warning. Here it is. He says, after all of this, watch this. After Jesus picked him out, after Jesus revealed to him, I know you've been here the whole time. After Jesus told him to get up so he know it wasn't by the pool, it was by the word of that man. And then when somebody asked him who did it, he didn't even know who it was. It was that man, right? And then, watch this. Mm. Somebody asked him who did it, we didn't know who was that man. Jesus, he, Jesus had to find him again. It says, afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, here we go. Here's your warning. See, I, I, I know you want me to take you to the cross and, and do all that. I need to scare the hell out of you today. See, you are well. Jesus says, consider where I put you. And if you're going to stay where I put you, you got to stop doing what put you there. Here's the warning. Don't take where I put you for granted. Don't take how I've blessed you for granted. Don't take the mess I get you out of for granted. Pastor, what do you mean we take it for granted? We take it for granted when God get us out of our gambling debt and we go back and place another bet. We take advantage when God changed your wife's heart enough that you come home, but you keep on talking to this side chick. The warning is this. Because if you keep on sinning, something worse What's worse? What's worse is no grace. What's worse is no relationship.
relationship with me. What's worse is all that I've brought you out of. What the worst is, I'm going to turn you back over to you because you don't want to follow me. You want to do what you do. You like sin. I can't stand sin. you got to start hating what I hate. Love what I love. Walk in the ways of God's word. Lean on God. Count on God. Call on God. But stop sinning. Oh, we come here about God will provide. See, that's what we want to hear. God will heal. God will show up. Okay, we know what God is going to do. What you going to do? I just came today to introduce you because he's just this type of Jesus that keeps giving you every chance. Well, Pastor, when did he give me a chance? When he woke you up this morning? And you had control of your thoughts. You do know it's one power God did not take from you. And that's the power of choice. The power to desire. David even says, the one thing that I desire over all, over women, over money, over power, over prestige, over positions, over possessions, is that I can, is that I can dwell with you. Hide your word in my heart, Lord. For I may not sin against you. See, you think the things you do, you're doing to people. But when it's sin, you're doing that to God. But he's just that type of Jesus. That he offers us grace. By letting us know, Taurus, I see you. I know you're struggling. But I see you. And I know how long you've been struggling. Do you want to be healed? I'll provide a warning because the warning comes before destruction. So when you see me, you cannot say I didn't give you a chance because I woke you up. And the enemy should have killed you. Now I let him get you close. And then I pulled you back through. Just, hey, and, and if we really want to know what our life looked like, go to the beach. We'll see how God allows the water to just wash up. That's, that's, that's you. Sometimes he'll let you tiptoe on the edge of death. Then he'll wash you back out in life. Hoping he won't have to keep tiptoeing you here. He's just that type of Jesus. That he says, you know what? If you're not going to come to me, I'll come to you. Grace is not a picture of us reaching up to God. Grace is a picture of God. In your current condition, you didn't talk about God. You don't talk about God. You don't read your Bible. And he still loves you. Still loves you. Not only does he love you, he claim you. He says, I, they don't look like me right now, but they are peculiar people. Royal choose, cho a royal priesthood. But they are still my chosen generation. 
But if you ever want to see me show up on earth, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves, get down. You don't pray from up here. Humble themselves and pray. And We cannot stop doing bad and then don't replace the bad with something. See, we say, hey, I'm going to stop cheating. But if you stop cheating and you stop lying and you stop sinning in the same place, but you don't return to God and repent. You're going to say, but God, I, 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 I stopped doing bad. He said, yes, that's good. God, I stopped hurting people. He's going to say, yes, that's, that's good. But but why am I hearing depart from me? I never knew you. If I stopped, you're going to say, because you never returned. You never came to me. Thank you for stopping, but you stopped there. Now we see he's that type of Jesus. I want to introduce somebody, everybody, anybody to this type of Jesus that died for us. First of all, he came for us. He died as us. He rose because of us. And he's going to return to get us. Thank you so much for allowing us to share the word of God with you today. If you would like to witness a live presentation of the Word of God, join us for Sunday morning worship at 1045 and Wednesday night at 6 p.m. for Life Lessons. We are located at 8805 Juella Avenue, Suite 121 in Shreveport, Louisiana. We pray the word you received was a blessing and an enhancement to your life. May God continue to bless you is our prayer. See you next time.